This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, I'm Arjun. And winning is fun, but winning big is real fun because that puts us on the path to sustain long-term wins. In this conversation with leaders from all walks of life and all over the world, it's truly a pleasure because each one of us are different. Our paths, starting points are different. Our journeys are different. Even the kind of path we choose are different. And that's the reason talking to these unique leaders is very critical and gives us a lot of great nuggets. On that spirit today, it's my pleasure and honor to welcome my VIP guest, Bill Walsh. Bill is the founder and CEO of Power Team International, a coaching and venture capital firm, an accomplished author and a business coach who speaks at events internationally. In fact, Guru Magazine for many years has named him the top 30 coaching professionals in the world. And you know, to me, this really, as I started researching, really hit home because some of us speak and get into one of these lists once. But the real proof of it is to be consistently there and add value. And that to me really made me feel that I really want to talk to Bill. Bill is also an innovator whose passion is to empower entrepreneurs and business owners to create massive success. Bill, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. It's on to be on your show today. And uh, we're coming to you live from beautiful Las Vegas, really I should call it Lake Las Vegas because we're about 30 minutes from actual the, the city. Mm -hmm. And it's an honor to be on your show and congratulations on all of your success. Thank you. Truly a pleasure and an honor. So I really want to start at the journey of Bill. You came from very humble beginnings in Chicago. And now you are known as the innovator, the innovator, <laughs> who has helped people build success in companies more than 30 countries. First thing is kudos to you and congratulations on the hard work and of course your talent. Tell us how you got on this journey. Like how did you start as a child? Where did this whole thing you know, blossom into? Well, I wish I could tell you that I was a trust fund kid and that I had you know millions and billions and it was always an easy road. I prefer to tell you that I believe a lot of success that I've had has been through failure. You know, I've had plenty of ups and downs. I've been broke and wealthy. I tell people all the time that broke sucks, but you'll always find your real friends. But literally, I, I believe so much of my entrepreneurial spirit came from being around entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. As a young adult, I raced BMX bikes when I was between, let's say, 10 and 16 years old. And I got to be around families every weekend where the parents had the weekends off. And my father would take the weekend off. You know, he would give up time and a half you know, hourly paid to be there. But I learned at that point that one of my good friends that I talked to, and I said, well, how do you do all this? He said, he said, well, you got to get behind the cash register. You can't always be in front of it. And, mm -hmm. and the challenge with linear income is you're always in front of it. You know, you can work so many hours per week, but it cuts off at that point. And so for me, it was always the idea that what would it look like to be an entrepreneur? And so literally out of high school and college, I became a trader. I traded currency, Chicago, New York. I did then turnarounds for almost 10 years. So from 1990 to 2000, I was just either take your public, close the business or fix the business. And after 10 years, I was totally burnt out. 
So, you know, I know that sometimes you got to check out to check back in. I did that. And I really began to think about, well, what am I great at? What's a market I can serve that's really big? There's money in the space and I'm really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. My passion was really to help small businesses. Mm -hmm. So I became a marketing partner for a young company called GoDaddy. We teamed Mm -hmm. up with another company as a channel partner called Franklin Covey. I launched a little product called Business in a Box called Successfolio. And believe it or not, that was the product we went to market with. Now, realize at that point, I was about a million short for the marketing, but I had a big goal and I knew that I could help small business. Mm -hmm. And so we gave them a plan. We gave them a website. We got them organized. And because of relationships, and I tell people the greatest investment ever is to invest in great relationships. And that's exactly how it came about that I leveraged relationships that I had built over the decade before, took the product to market, and in 20 months, we were in 20 countries selling that little successful oil product. We then launched Rainmaker, which is our incubator course. Most intense three days you'll ever take to launch, grow, and build a business. On 05, launched the Venture Fund 07, Masterminds 08, Inspiration Conferences 09, speaker programs, internet marketing camps, became the main sponsor of an event called the Small Business Expo, went from two cities to 17 cities, went from less than 5,000 attendees to over 100,000 attendees a year. And in the midst of all that, really had a, a deeper passion to build great business and give back. So we now teach all entrepreneurs that social impact is the currency of the future. At our Rainmaker, which is our incubator program for entrepreneurs, we make them all sit on charitable boards. You've got to give back, whether it's a marketing board, advisory board, doesn't matter. And the last few years, we've opened up masterminds in 30-some cities. We now run global masterminds as well. We've opened up training centers now in Chicago and Vegas and soon many other cities, all designed to really be a hub for the entrepreneur where we call it the unoffice. So there's no offices. There's, there's a Zen room. There's boardrooms. There's, there's a green screen rooms. There's a big training area because I truly believe that tomorrow's entrepreneur needs to still be connected to people. You know, people helping people is really a great process that Zoom is great. Digital is great. I think it's, it's, it's only going to get bigger, but I still think it's great to be able to come together and work together in a process called collective collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's where you're going to see the biggest wins come. And certainly today, when you understand the power of blockchain and you understand the power of really big data, how they can come together to serve small business to give a small business that competitive edge that they've lost over the last 10 to 20 years for sure. But to give it back to them is something I'm really passionate about. So that gives you a snapshot. It does. It really does. What's happened in, you know, 25 years, 30 years. So now let me go back into some of the amazing experience areas. And I really want to dissect a few of those. Yeah. So first is I want to look at the BMX racing. Okay. Early days, you know, of course, must be a lot of fun. What were some key takeaways that you take from those days? You know, one of the greatest takeaways was all about teamwork to win. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go with a great team. And I was really fortunate to be on a great team. And every weekend, that team would go to city after city. And it would not have been possible without support. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you also have to be willing to ask for is ask for help. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell you that once I realized that I could only go so far on my own, but I could go 100 times further with a great team. It changed my entire destiny and really the track of our businesses. But going back to those stages, I realized that hard work paid off. You know, we would ride sometimes probably 100 miles a week, you know, racing and going to different different um, places to, to train on the BMX stuff. But I also knew that it was fun. 
you know, and, you, and you, if you don't love what you do, you're never going to make it, but you also have to be great at it. So don't just say, well, I'm passionate about this. So I'm going to follow that as my business track. When in reality, you may have no talent in that space. And more importantly, people don't want to buy your product or service. But I knew for us as kids racing these bikes, we literally had all the parents behind us. What I learned from that was that that quality time with quality people is one of the greatest assets of your life. Just look at the last five years of your life and begin to realize who you're really spending your time with. And for me, we were with these families every weekend. And a lot of the parents of the kids were all, the dads were all entrepreneurs, you know, and so they could take the weekend off. They had the campers, they had the vans, they had the extra things that were available. But at the end of the day, it still came down to your production. When you got on the track, it was you against those eight other guys in that one race and you had to deliver. And I think it's the same in business that, you know, what you learn from being in sports or you learn from being around a team in any sport. I don't care if it's chess. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's water polo. When you're around a team like that, they're going to make you better. So I learned to surround myself and I always challenge myself to spend time with people who are smarter than me in their space. I love what you're talking about. And, you know, to me, as I'm listening to you, most of us try to play at the intersection of our skills and passion. Yeah. But I'm also listening to you about a third dimension, which you talked about making an impact for others. Because to me, it's not only creating the space around us, but making that space better. So I love that the three dimension that you put in front of us Yes. And, you know, this is fascinating because you are even talking about as you go through the framework is how do you get that is the people. And if we pause right here and that question that I would take, again, quoting my amazing friend Bill is to each one of us, who have you been hanging out with for the last five years? Because that is the proof of what I have sowed that I can harvest now. And if I'm not happy, let me change that. Like, I really love that tactical part. So let me take you to another phase of your life where you talked about that a time frame where you were turning businesses around. You know, as I was listening to you, I was blown away by the level of decisiveness. You were passionate, but somewhat detached because you knew each business has its own way to go to success. Tell me a little more about that phase of your life and what were some nuggets that you brought forward? It's almost like... Could you imagine playing a game and you know the answers? Could you imagine that you knew the next 15 moves, no matter what they did, your moves were going to be the the right answers? Could you imagine watching a football game and knowing the score before the game was over? So when I was able to work with small business, I could determine quickly, are the leaders properly positioned to lead? Because all success or failure is going to start with leadership at the top. And many times I was invited in by the board And it was usually one of their family members that was running the business. And that family member, once I had a really good heart-to-heart with that person, they knew they were not in the right place. But it didn't matter. They were family, so they they were subjected to the fact that I've been appointed this. No, I've got to go do this. When I'd be like, you're probably better as a marketing person than as a CEO. You know, because you know in a business, when you really talk to the, the top people that run a company, whatever the speed of that leader is, definitely the speed of the team. And if they're not inspired to do what they're going to do, I don't talk about motivate because I believe when you motivate idiots, you got motivated idiots. But when you truly inspire someone, they step into a flow. People think they're crazy. They're not crazy. They're on path and purpose with a clear vision. And when someone's inspired, you don't got to tell them what time to show up. They're already there. 
you don't got to tell them it's time to leave. They're staying late because they really have such a passion for what they do. So when I would work with these companies, I would figure out, well, where is the poison at? Or is the business model broken collectively? And if the business model is broken collectively, I'd say, this is probably time to sell the assets and call it a day. Because sometimes one of the hardest things in a turnaround is to find that key word, that driver phrase called momentum. Mm -hmm. They'll spend a fortune to go back to momentum when in reality, it might be over. That section might be over. But many times, it was really about getting rid of a division that was not helping the brand and moving the direction. Because if they had a great product, if the product solved problems, big problems means you solve big problems, you make big money. But it was also price to sell and price to profit. Then it came back to the crazy equation that I tell everyone, if you're going to look at success, and if there's other brands wildly successful in your industry, and your company is not, you need to take a good look in the mirror. And I would literally make sure they own whatever there was in the business they had to own, whatever their KPIs were in the business they had to own. If they chose not to do that stuff, it told me right away that they truly weren't inspired by what they were doing. And everyone thinks it's the money. It's not always the money. It's the money plus the recognition. Plus, believe it or not, people collectively like to win. They don't like to lose. They like to win. People like to be on a winning team. People can laugh at Tom Brady all they want, but at the end of the day, he went from the, one of the winningest franchises in sports history to one of the most losing franchise sports history and took him right to the top. Because I truly do believe that when you have the right people in the right place, the market can feel it, you can feel it, and the energy of that team can feel it. And so what I was really good at was quickly identifying this is definitely an IPO opportunity or this is definitely a restructure and relaunch opportunity or this was a close it and sell the assets opportunity because I had to be the one that had to make the calls. And you know what? Sometimes I was wrong, but mm -hmm. probably 80 to 90% of the time I was right. And knowing for a fact that when you can have someone that's done this over and over and over again, you begin to see specific points that are going to be killers of almost any deal. And that is really where I think in life and in business, you can't buy wisdom. You can think you can buy it, but you can't. You've got to earn you it. Take your eighty percent batting average any day, and my friend, that is true wisdom. And I also want to bring out that formula that you mentioned: is it's all about the three things blended together: the money, the recognition, but more importantly, part of a winning team. Because we all want to walk in and leave, finish the day as winners. Yes. And I just think that creating a path for every team member, as you're talking about, empowering them, and that way unleash as you start looking at. And to me, that's one of the things, you know, I work a lot in the brand space, and I also find exactly the same commonality. I find that there's this misperception that branding is you and I being in this amazing resort talking about, you know, what if, this, that, drawing some foo-foo charts and everything else. Who cares? You know, branding is what we do and how the customer perceives it. You know, and I just go back to a classic example with my ex-wife on our first anniversary. I got her an amazing Olympus camera and she looked at me like, wow, what happened? Okay, she never cared about the camera, okay? And of course, you know, the marriage, there were other reasons, but you know, to me, that was the proof that Arjun wasn't getting it. But I really feel that at the end of the day, it's people making a difference that matters, okay? I just want to go back to the concept of unoffice. I really love that concept. Okay. And so, you know, can you just make it very tactical? 
to give us a few steps that any one of us can, be, you know, because I loved that whole collaborative, collective collaboration. So what are a few things that we can do? We are just like literally coming out of this COVID, you know, surprise the way it just, we were not prepared for this. What is an office? What can we do? Well, I think one of the things too, is that you've got to keep the office fresh. Hmm. You know, what that means, there's got to be new energy. There's got to be new things going on. There's got to be multiple forms of media that are inside of an office at all times. And part of that means stay away from all the negative news. Hmm. Stop trying to worry about the world economy and focus on your personal economy. Love that. So often people are so distracted by things that have nothing to do with their business, but it brings them down. You know, get rid of all the water cooler talk. When I first went through the Zappos corporate office, and I was fortunate to be in a mastermind with Tony Shea and so sad that he left us so early at such a young age. But when he created such an open environment that everybody would come to the office and leave the office through the same door, through the big main doors, because it created energy. So look at your office today, whether it's a one-person shop or a 5,000-person shop, are you creating positive energy throughout the space? Do you have vision boards that people can read as they go up or down the stairs? Do you have things in the elevator that might be the quote of the day? Are you highlighting somebody each week that becomes the top this or top that? Because all of a sudden what starts to happen is that when you can create the collective collaborative environment, then everybody has a vested reason to watch others win. Mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden what starts to happen is those results. And it's the same thing with posting results. You know, I'm a big believer that you have to inspect what you expect. You have to inspect what you expect at any level of business. And, and the way that that really gets done is by really consistent KPIs or key performance indicators that everyone's success can be measured differently, but it should all be measured. And in the on-office environment we created is that we made it so that in our main hubs of these centers for entrepreneurs to work together, that they're all in the main hub. Now, if they need to take a break, go to the Zen room. Go sit in the Zen room and go sit in the lounge chair and take a 10-minute break. You want to shoot media? Go in the green screen room because everything's going online anyway. And then on top of all that, you need a private boardroom, use the boardroom. But now you're not gonna have people that are collectively working together, kind of hubbing in some little office in the corner. And I do believe that we've opened up networking opportunities for all different groups that can come use our centers for next to nothing, because mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that when you get the right people together, magic happens. So when we launched Rainmaker, the idea was we could give them the best training on small business vision, mission, path, purpose, sales funnels, marketing funnels, loyalty programs, how to connect with the influencers, how to get organized, how to be a better public speaker. But that was one piece of the equation and they get the greatest training for the year. We meet four times a year, but for us, it was a way to find new brands. Hmm. It was a way to find new business we could either put our money into or our marketing behind because they went through the gauntlet. You know, they created a great business plan and now we can figure out the ones that were serious. What I find entrepreneurs do too much time doing is they spend way too much time with the wrong people. So it's not the time you spent with the wrong person. It's the time you didn't spend with the right person. And now there's a lot of tools that can help you sift and sort that. But if you don't have a good sorting process, people will steal your time all day long. And, and that'll burn you out. <laughs> and I think the one of the threads, the multiple threads in our conversation, one of the threads I'm hearing from you loud and clear over and over again it is very important to know what not to do. And that thread came out 
when you were talking about businesses, which division yes. you need to take your attention off. At what point you feel the mojo or the momentum is gone, move on. Same thing here is, you know, and sometimes I really feel that in the business world, it's very easy to do one of two things. One is take a solution from 98% to 98.1% because we are good at it. And the second thing I find it very true in politics and in business is to solve for a problem that does not exist. You know, and to be think for a second, I become your CMO, I stall for a problem that didn't exist, which means I can't get fired. And I just feel that that thing that you're emphasizing over and over again, it's those distractions that prevent us from finding that right person, spending time, because that is what will move us forward. Yes. You know, I was following some, sorry, go ahead, please. You were no, saying, something. I was saying Sometimes we find ourselves where, believe it or not, because you don't schedule success, you've already planned your failure, you just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. So I tell everyone, either schedule your success or plan your failure, but at least make a choice. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't make a choice, the choice is made for you. You're going to fail. Everything you're saying, it connects so well with branding also. In branding, I also feel the same way is just like choices. Branding is all about your perception. If you don't manage your perception, it would be made for you. Yep. And I really think that that is such a critical piece as we look at. I was looking at some of your work and your speaking, and you talk about the three pillars of success. What are the three pillars? Well, I mean, I think there's more than three. I think there's more like, believe it or not, 10 pillars of success. But I really do think that when I work with a subject matter expert, number one, I tell them you got to own your space. You really have to, you don't have to own a different space. I tell groups all the time, I'm not a health coach. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a motivational coach. I'm not a fitness coach, but I'm a damn good business coach. Mm -hmm. And this has been obviously by serving X number of clients. I've been honored to, to speak to more than a million people in the last 10, 15 years. I've been honored to give more than 5,000 presentations. But one of the first things is that own your niche. Whatever your niche is going to be, become really good in your lane. And I tell them I'm not a nice coach. I'm a tough business coach, right? I tell them in advance, you may not like that for the first 90 days, but you'll love me for the rest of your life. You know, so when I look at the first thing is that really about leadership and communications, right? You gotta be the great leader that learns to effectively communicate. The second pillar really goes more around systems and teams. Systems win, people fail. You've gotta to learn to build great teams. You don't go find a great team, you attract a great team. And that's the difference. People don't realize there's so many good tools out there right now for systems, whether it's about writing your book, go to killercovers.com. You want to get videos done, go to fiverr.com. You can get simple made videos. You want to get yourself positioned to win, get listed on Haro. Go to something like HARO, help a reporter out on Google. It's free. Once your book cover is done, get a business pages and author set up and Facebook. Set up a free group inside of Facebook. These little systems you can do for next to nothing, and yet most people are trying to spend all kinds of money. I'm telling you right now, be frugal. You can launch a media influencer page at Mingle, M-I-N-G-L dot N-O. Mine is forward slash Bill Walsh 360. But now you can have a page that has your QR codes, your photos, has all your directories, all your social media, all your PDFs. Someone can book time with you, and it costs you nothing to set it up. But these are the little things in the systems. Get a free podcast, go to Anchor, get download the app, start to create content in your niche, you know, get your own TV station, go to Twitch. People don't realize Twitch is the number four most visited website in the world, and yet most people have no idea what it does. 
You can launch a TV show on Twitch. You can put the video stream right on your website for free. And once again, you can have paid subscribers there. There are so many great new things you can do. InShot's a great little app that if you want to shoot a video, push a button, it goes to all your social channels. So when I talk about having the systems, get the systems that are not going to cost you a lot of money, but they're going to really help you drive traffic and awareness to your brand. But then you got to make sure, do you have a good mobile funnel so they can opt in? Do you have a good follow-up sequence? When I speak, I give away my book. I give away newsletters. I don't say go to my website. I give them an opt-in where they can get it for free that day because you've got to make it easy for the client to get your stuff. And then of course, make sure that your team's in place. So big pillar one, leadership and communications. Big pillar two is of course, systems and teams. And big pillar number three, without a doubt, and this is why most entrepreneurs don't make it, is they don't know how to execute and they don't know how to keep score. Could you imagine if you went to the Starbucks and said, well, how were sales today? Nah, we didn't track sales. We just gave some coffee. We were just hoping for the best. No, they know their sales every 10 minutes worldwide by barista, by SKU. They know exactly what's sold. Walmart killed everybody in the 90s because they put satellites on top of the stores. People thought it was for cable. It wasn't for cable. It was something to track all the sales. They teamed with a company called Regis, R-G-I-S, did all the inventory control. So they knew every 60 minutes where their sales were at, where it took most other companies six months. So when you look at those three big areas, and when I say own your niche, become a great leader that becomes an effective communicator. Systems and teams, attract the right teams. Make sure you got a good advisor board. Make sure you got good masterminds. Make sure that you got good marketing partners. These are non-negotiable if you plan to win big. And then of course, become obsessed with the process. If I tell anybody about business, become obsessed with the process to succeed or to win by serving well. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a great game that you love to play every day because you look at those areas of your life and your business and either you're on track or you're off track. And boy, it's fun when they're on track because people think you're nuts. They think, well, how does that person make, how does Arjun make it look so easy? He makes it look so easy because he owns the process, because he has systems in place, because he follows through and he follows up. And that really is the magic that I've found in terms of pillars to create massive success. But the pillar that hit home really hard is know your score. Imagine if we walked into a football game and we came from a different planet and we asked the quarterback, what's the score? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like to me, on the other side, you and I can literally tune into any TV station and turn the score off. And based on the demeanor of the players, we know if they're all sitting like this, That's we right. know where the score is. We even know how much time is left. Like every person is aware. And that's one of the things I really think is so important is for each one of us to measure the right score and know it as often and influence as you start looking at. So you talked a lot about, you know, inspect what you can expect the score. What are the few scores that you look at in your life in your business success? Well, not just business success, because people ask me all the time, what are you most proud of? Of all these deals you've done, right? And all the stuff. And I would tell you, there's nothing greater than this. And every CEO should write this down. There's nothing greater in life than watching your kids grow up to become your heroes. Hmm. There's no deal better than this. There's nothing that is even close to it. But for my kids, Austin, my son is 29 years old. He's an incredible internet marketing individual leader, speaker, soon to be husband, and I couldn't be more proud. My daughter, Marissa, is now a physician's assistant. 
And um, she loves serving people. She loves to give back. She has a total heart of service. And my youngest son, Evan, he produces music and he's great at it and he loves it. And he finds passion and joy in, in bringing music to the world. And for me, you can take all the business deals and wrap them all up and all the money and all the accolades and the recognition. They don't even hold a candle to watching my kids grow up to become really fine adults and for them to become my heroes. Mm -hmm. So when you put it in that kind of perspective, it's like that comes first. Below that, I would definitely say that, you know, watching the ripple effect, and I do call it a ripple effect because success is not just on your success. Success is on the folks you served and the ripple effect they've created in the world. So when I look at people that have been through our courses or our programs or I've coached and to see them really knock it out of the park within their business by serving so many clients, whether on a local or global scale, there's a great feeling inside, almost a feeling of being very proud that you were able to serve them and then have them bring their message to the world. So that has definitely been a big one for me is watching my work become a ripple effect for those that I've served in their niche. You know, to me, this answer really surprised me because Coming from you with so much of success, I was right away was expecting a lot of me, 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 and me, and me answers. And the two phases of your answer were, first of all, you didn't even think. There was not even a blinking of an eye. And you right away defined yourself as the cool dad, proudly bragging about the three kids. And that came so spontaneously. And it touched me. It really hit home. And the second part, when you talked about the impact you have made, you talked about the ripple and you know putting people in a position to make an impact. And you know I just have to tell you that there was a 50-50 chance that I would have been in a position not to appreciate your coolness. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. I was in the corporate world where I was stealing time from my daughter, not spending any time there. And then day after 9-11, when I realized I was like, I couldn't even recognize who the heck I had become. I quit. I quit cold turkey to be just a dad first because, you know, I felt I was a workaholic, alcoholic was, you know, more just like that. And the journey also for me has been so fascinating that today I introduced myself as a father first and my daughter Raka is doing her PhD at UPenn, amazing human being. And only regret to me is she acts like a 55 year old grandma, you know, just totally, you know, managing my life. Isn't it the greatest feeling for your kid to become your hero? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, you know, there are times in the business world, even my brand Zen Mango came from her. And, you know, and to me, I just wear that badge without telling anyone every day is every time I start work with Zen Mango, I know it's a gift from my brilliant daughter. And, you know, so that way I just feel so good. And I also want to do a little, you know, just get distracted and talk about, I wrote a little book, which I don't talk that much about called Raising a Father. Mm. Initially, the book was those days, single dad, called it Raising a Daughter. And the first half is about the dad who was totally lost. And then this cool eight-year-old literally gets me back in life. And as I finished the book and I gave it as a Christmas gift to my daughter, I changed the title immediately because I realized, as you mentioned, who is the mentor? Who led who? And I realized that the father, me, the goofball, was raised. And she was the mentor, and I am the protege who is loved. And to me, I really feel that you touched a big nerve there, and I really appreciate you sharing that. And you know, I'm really humbled and truly appreciate being in your presence with this kind of wisdom. Okay. Well, thank you. 
So, and congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And you know, this is one where we can tell each other, same to you too. So, so, and as we go forward, I think, you know, with so much of wisdom, who is a role model? Like somebody who has influenced your life the most, of course, the three mentors you already talked about, anybody else that you can think of right away? You know, I would say one of the greatest mentors in my life was my dad. You know, he really trained me on get up early, go to bed late, work hard. If you commit to something, finish it. If you start something, finish it. There's no quitting. Quitting was never an option. You know, whether it was when I was nine years old delivering newspapers at five o'clock on a Sunday morning, my dad said, you signed up for these routes. Now you deliver the papers. And I did. I got up every Sunday morning, you know, until I was probably 12 or 13. And I delivered newspapers because I knew for a fact that I committed to that. And also, I would say that when I look back and I think who were some of the greatest mentors, I lost a mentor last year that I learned a lot from. You know, he was a, an individual that looked at business as a game, you know, that every business that he ever started, that he grew and sold or took public, that he just fell in love with the game of success. And I learned a lot about that. When other people party, you plan. When they bitch, you praise. And when you have success, say nothing. Let all the success do all the speaking. Let all the results do the speaking. Mm -hmm. and, and I learned a lot about that. You never react with emotion. You create it. Because you're going to come in, in business and life, and there'll be people that you think are your friends or not your friends, but they're there for the ride. You know, and, and they're always your friends when you're on private jets or yachts or throwing big parties. But when things aren't so good, you know, that's when I believe you learn a lot. And that's when, in reality, it's the lessons you generated from those mentors that allow you to deal with the challenges. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've got to be a little bit crazy. You're going to go through ups and downs. That's part of it. But it's more about, are you prepared for the conversation when these things happen? And so I've been very blessed to have some great mentors and even individuals like Brian Tracy or John Asaroff or Mark Victor Hansen that I've had in my circle of influence that are friends, but also give very, if you ask Brian Tracy a question and you want his opinion about something, he's going to give it to you and he's not gonna hold back. And that's really what I believe a real mentor does. A real mentor is not there to just coddle you and oh, everything will be fine. They're there to tell you when you're wrong and how you can become better. And I like that style. I know some people don't like that style. Well, Bill's arrogant, he's tough. No, I've just seen this before. I've been down this path before. So let me save you two years of your life and help you really fix what's going on. Because once again, one thing you can't buy is experience and you don't know something until you live it. So I've been very honored to have for sure my dad. And of course, today I tell the same thing. I learn a lot from my kids. I learn a lot from young adults that are in their 20s, sometimes in their teens, because they see the world through a different lens. And you've got to be open to realize that if you only see things through your lens, you're only going to see your bridge of opportunities. But if you can allow yourself to see things through the lens of many other people, you'll see unlimited opportunities. And that's one thing that I never stop searching for mentors. You know, I really do believe, I mean, I had a bunch of kids at our house yesterday and I say kids because they're all 20. So we, we do something called hoops and barbecue, right? So we play some hoops and then we all brainstorm on different ideas, but when I see how they see the opportunities in the marketplace and they seize them, I'm an amazing student of other success. I love your dad's story because to me, what hit home is not just what he was telling you, 
but what he was doing. And at the beginning, when you mentioned about how hard he was working, yeah. I really feel that, you know, that's a big parenting lesson to me is if you don't walk, the talk doesn't really matter. And to me, I think the moment you talked about your dad's advice, I could connect it back. I'm like, wow, that's the man I want to get that advice from. And the second part also, I think, you know, it's very important to be confident about myself when I hire a coach like you, because to me, I know I can only be Arjun. I can't be Bill, nor do I want to, which means I want your honesty. And based on that, I will shape myself to be the best person because I really think that having that confidence that, and you know, that's the part where, again, another amazing woman in my life, I have to talk about her is my grandma who one time told me, because I got into this fight with a kid, I was 10 years old, that kid called me a monkey. My grandma said, there are two kinds of people. Person one, when they call you a monkey, you become a monkey. If you meet that person, run like crazy. Okay? And if that's not the person, and she said most people can't, then somebody calling you a monkey doesn't make you a monkey. Don't become a monkey. And to me, that part, you know, as I'm listening to you, I really feel that it takes true confidence to have a business coach like Bill Walsh on my side, because I want you to punch me hard so I am stronger. Because if you don't challenge me, you don't strengthen me. You don't grow. If you're not challenged in life, I believe you're taking up too much space. Love that. Yeah. So to me, based on all the wisdom, Bill, if you could travel back in time and meet that young Bill, yeah. who's just getting ready to you know, graduate from high school, what would be one piece of advice you would give? The piece of advice I would give, and I've been asked this question so many times, and I, and I love it because it took me a while to figure this one out, that if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with a great team. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to allow the space to bring people into your life that are really doing epic stuff. Spend more time with individuals doing epic stuff in the world, whether you're volunteering, whether you're helping at a charity event, whatever it takes. I, I told a guy yesterday, 21 years old, I said, go see the world. Go find events happening around the world that you'd like to be a part of to meet great people and be willing to serve. If you've got to work for free, you know, take the next five years and work for free just to get the best education from those that are at the top of their game in a niche that you'd like to be in. If you're a photographer, then go work for the best photographers. If you're in sports or you want to be in sports entertainment, find guys like Lee Steinberg, my friend, based on a movie called Jerry Maguire. He's mm-hmm. always looking for protégés, right? That are hungry, that are coachable. And the thing is, is that this is a time of your life that you literally have the ability to forget about the fancy cars, forget about the watches, forget about all that stuff, right? Focus really on your higher level learning with individuals that are already exactly where you see yourself five to 10 years from today and figure out ways to serve them at a high level. And you'll see doors open in your life that you will never see for the rest of your life. Because once again, the opportunity is right now for you. And I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, the uber successful, they're always willing to give back and serve those that come from a place of service. So don't say, I'd like to come help you out, Arjun, but you gotta get my airline tickets and you gotta get me a car to rent and you gotta get me a place to stay in and I need to have this and that. No, no, no. You come from a place of service by saying, I'll figure that stuff out as long as I can be of value to your brand or your business because the minute you put yourself out there like that, I'm telling you that we live in a divine universe and the universe will open the doors because you think something before you act on it. But the minute you put that thought and the action in motion, the universe yields to your belief system. And also, if you look at is 
if you asked me that question or I asked you that question back, the answer is yes. Because on the other side, if I told you, hey, I'm coming over to Vegas, but you know, can you just pay for this? And you know, I only stay in a three-star hotel, like you know, the answer is urgent. Okay. No. Oh, right. It's a, the, like, you know, the answer is already a foregone conclusion. Yeah. On the other side, I just make it so difficult for you to say no by saying, dude, I'll be there and anything you need. That's I'll right. And and you'd be surprised that if you'll take that with a leap of faith. The universe will give you opportunities that you could have never imagined because every successful entrepreneur, mega successful entrepreneur started somewhere and they went through the grind. You know what I'm saying? So believe it or not, one or two years with the right team or the right person can advance your success 10 to 15 years. That'll take you to get there on your own. And I also would connect it to something you said earlier is that experience I'm getting working with somebody who has done this already in the trenches. That's right. Makes it like literally I can fast forward my life instead of trying to figure everything out, visualize. You know, to me, these are incredible nuggets from you is know your score or Arjun, if you had to figure and learn everything, like if I had to start life by figuring out how to create fire, how to create electricity, like I'll go through my whole life That's right. not even having light in my life. And I love your simplicity as you go through. So this last part is very personal because I think somebody like you who has so much energy, you are making so much impact. I really feel that this kind of success, this kind of passion doesn't work without a process. Is there a process you have first thing in the morning when you're starting your work day, last thing when you're finishing that you're comfortable sharing? So I will tell you that every day of your life needs to start with one simple process called gratitude. Mm -hmm. I tell everyone while you're busy praying for things, I'm busy thanking for things. Mm -hmm. And when you can start every day with all the things you're thankful for, the people you're thankful for, right? The things in your life you're thankful for. Gratitude power, believe it or not, is omnipresent in the most powerful form you'll ever see to attract even more great things into your life. So being thankful, mm -hmm. being thankful that we have the sun today, being mm -hmm. thankful that you woke up today, being thankful that your kids are okay, being thankful that we're at peace in the world. Think of all the things you're thankful for because once you unleash gratitude power, believe it or not, it has the ability to transform everyone that's in your network. So post that out. Today I'm most thankful for this, whatever it's going to be. Take a picture in your backyard, your front yard. Take a picture of hugging your kids. I don't care what it is, but become fascinated with the ability to be grateful and have gratitude without asking for anything. You'll be surprised how powerful it is to feed your day. And then, of course, I have a process called 10 before 10. So every night before you go to bed, you write down the 10 most important things that need to be accomplished by 10 a.m. Now, you'll think these are things you have to do, but I'm giving you the answer already. Many times it's not things you have to do. It could be things you've delegated. But nothing comes between you. In other words, you've had your time for, for maybe prayer and meditation, maybe even your workout and your shower. But when your business day starts... All of a sudden, it's a game changer that now you're in that mode. And part of that mode is not what you do, it's what you delegate. So learn to realize that the first few hours of your day, there's no unscheduled calls. If it's not scheduled, unless it's my kids, there's no reason for us to talk because it hasn't been scheduled into my timeline. But the thing is, once you begin to build that, I'm a firm believer that millionaires and billionaires have million-dollar habits and billion-dollar habits. I also believe that broke people have broke habits. 
which usually means that they haven't put forth a call to action that allows them to, to really build a successful day. And without a process for that, as an entrepreneur, you know, we laugh about this, that you got the best boss and sometimes the worst boss in the whole world. And that's just part of the equation. Because if you had a job, they tell you, you've got to show up at this time, lunch is at this time, you got to come back at this time. But as an entrepreneur, you don't have that. So one of the most important things you can do is every Sunday night, really begin to work on your calendar two years in advance, which means what charitable events should you be at? What training calls you should be on? What events do you got to be at? Who are the people you've got to connect with? Who are going to be your fabulous 10? Who are your future marketing partners? Make one call per day to your best customers. Whoever your, one of your top customers are, that's roughly, even if you take the weekends off, right? That still means you're calling roughly 200 plus of your best customers. Just say, Arjun, you were on my mind. I just wanted to say thanks for being a great customer. What else can we do to make your experience even better? If you make one phone call like that per day, you'd be surprised how much new business you get from those clients. You're not trying to sell them anything. What else can we do to make your experience with our company even better? Sometimes you'll get feedback you might not want, but you need to hear. And by building those days out and by scheduling that in advance, you'd be surprised how productive you become. Now, let me give you one tidbit for that. In all of your scheduling, my belief, and maybe I'm just crazy, and you can put it in the order you like, before the workday starts, it's always either faith, family, and fun that's scheduled, or it's family, faith, and fun that's scheduled. The minute you schedule your family stuff first, and I've canceled events, I've canceled major events that they want me to speak at, I said, I can't do that because it's my daughter's birthday. It's my son's basketball game. But looking back, best decision ever was to make sure that I was there for the most important things first. And you'll start to realize that the business gets in a flow and people have even more respect for your time when they know that you'll choose that over making some money here or doing something like that. Or, you know, we're going to have a party in the Caribbean. It's like, no, I'm going to be at the soccer game, but you guys have a great time. I love so, that. So if family, you'll, you'll leverage that in your fun, day, schedule first. I love that? that. Family, faith, fun. Get that scheduled first That's right, right. away. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I just remember I was working with one of the top golfers and his team wanted me to be at this meeting on September 15th. It was like non-negotiable. And I just said, dude, I can't. It's my daughter's birthday. And then they told me that, Arjun, if you're saying no, that means we'll find have to find somebody else. And I said, you know, I wish my daughter also had a backup dad. And he does. She doesn't. So I am like the only dad she has. So unfortunately, I cannot pull that thing that if right. you know, I, I cannot have Arjun. And, to and, and, if they, and if they don't respect you for that, it's not the right client anyway. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of cool is I'll always remember your daughter's birthday because mine is the 14th of September. Wow. It's <laughs> special. And what was cool was when I finally met the athlete and first thing was he heard about this and he first thing he did was, was he apologized by saying my team somehow, you know, they just have, you know, some explicits, everything else. But if I knew that, like to me, just like my daughter's birthday is important to me and my son's, your daughter and your son should be equally important. So, right. you know, and we can meet at 16th or 17th. Perfect. So this has been a fascinating conversation. Okay. So one last question is, Somebody like you, I would love to stay in touch. And so the year is 2030. Where will Bill be? Of course, you know, you'll be blessed, amazing kids. Each of your kids will be, like the first half an hour of our conversation has to be about the kids because they'll be rock, super rock stars by then. <laughs> what else would be happening 
for better. So by that time, hopefully my kids are healthy and hopefully their new kids are healthy. You know, so that would be one of the greatest blessings and one of the things I'd be just so thankful for. But also that we've helped millions of entrepreneurs around the world have hope, have even more hope that we've served millions of clients with our products and services to help them become even more successful, even more inspired entrepreneurs and small business owners. By that time, we've impacted charitable boards around the world where our students are now understanding the power of being a part of a charitable board is one of the greatest ways to grow a business. Mm -hmm. That through giving back with their time, not their money, truly their time on marketing boards, advisory boards, board of directors for charities, that collectively we've impacted millions of people that need our help. You know, and to me, I really do believe it's not just how much money you've made or the houses or the cars, because I've had all that. It's the difference you made in someone else's life that could have never done anything for you. I really pay attention to those, how they treat people that can do nothing for you because I learned so much about how that person would be. I used to interview executives at the golf course. I would tell them, your interview is gonna be on the golf course, be ready to play at eight o'clock. I'll meet you at, at T number one. Well, by the time they get to T number one at a good private country club, they've already had interaction with almost 10 different people. The guy that parked the car, the guy that took the bags, the guy that walked them in the club, and the men's room downstairs. The guy that will take their shoes, the guy that then loads their clubs up, the guy that tells them where to go. And all the process of that, I would ask them on a scale of one to five, how do they treat you? And if it wasn't fours and fives across the board, I would tell them, we're not here to play golf. Your interview's already over. And yet they never met with me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because how they can treat someone that can do nothing for them yep. will tell me a lot about who that person is. And so I'm hopeful and I'm really planning to be at a level in my life where I've impacted even more millions of businesses, small business around the world to have even more success and also have trained them all that social impact is really the currency of the future. So I truly do believe that, you know, when you really look at someone's footprint, did they create a legacy that is a hundred times bigger than themselves truly by serving others that have then learned from them and put that in motion? You know, and I think there's a lot of role models like that that have done some of this work that I've studied that when you do make a significant impact in other people's lives, all of a sudden, what I call, once again, that legacy or that ripple effect can live on for generations. And so hopefully we'll be somewhere where it's fun and maybe you're here in Lake Las Vegas and you're out of the house and we're, we're watching our kids and our grandkids uh, have a nice celebration. And that would be a wonderful blessing. Thank you. Well, that's, this is such a fascinating conversation. I want to thank you. Oh, thank from you. From the bottom of my heart for a great conversation. And as I'm reflecting on what is the one big takeaway, of course, you know, there were so many finalists and I was initially looking at know your score. How can you not love that? But, you know, to me, I love the place where you finished. You know, a lot of us measure impact based on millions of people. We make an impact, but with a caveat, all of them pay or do something good for us. And we are, it's like in a transactional world. Yeah. But I really loved what you showed us, not just by words, but your examples and how you're living your life is every person matters. And we have an opportunity with every interaction that happens with us, even if that person in our humble opinion has 0% chance of impacting our business or anything, 
that person deserves our presence and making something better for that person. And I love that golf club example because to me, I think that is really fascinating. That to me is true class and true character. So thank you, Bill, for showing true class, true character because we truly really appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you all for listening to this incredible conversation. And I just didn't know where this conversation was going. And I'm so glad it went to higher levels of wisdom that only the Bill Walsh could have brought us. Thank you all. Happy listening. And this is Arjun signing off. Would you like to give a copy of my book to your listeners? Oh, absolutely. Would love to. So if you're listening today, it's really simple. You'll get a copy of my book. You'll get our newsletter for the entire year, all as a gift. And all you have to do is take out your phone. You text the word success. It's really simple. The word is success. And you text that to 26786. So text the word success. 26786. 86. Got it. And text the word success. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. And I can't wait to have you on some of our events. Absolutely. Truly a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.